0: From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello everyone, welcome back to the channel, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 261 and we're diving into the identity of a health anxiety sufferer, the worst habits you can do to cement in this health anxiety identity. Now, I want you guys to make this podcast and the videos on my channel a routine. Make it a habit because it's important to continuously grow, but to also understand yourself and what you're currently going through. That's why I like to do these episodes about habits, about the health anxiety identity or the anxiety sufferer, is for that reason, is to so you understand maybe you're practicing something unconsciously that is leading you down a bad path, cementing in this identity that you really want to break out of. And so that's why I'm so passionate about doing these shows weekly, is to help cement this podcast into your routine so that you can continuously grow because i don't hold back from giving you information like oh you got to subscribe here or you got to pay here to get more information about anxiety or whatever anything pertaining to anxiety no you're getting all of that here now there's no guff i'm not There's nothing behind the scenes that you need to look more into. I'm doing what I can to give you the best information about anxiety. Now, the first, and we're going to dive right into it. That's how we're rolling today. We're diving right into it. The first habit of a healthy anxiety sufferer that is not so good, and you have to pay attention to this because you might be doing this, is not having a routine, floundering about in your day to day, day to day. I mean, yeah, you might have the routine of your job, but maybe outside your job, you're floundering too much. Maybe you're running around too much. Everything is go, go, go. Now, too many possibilities ahead of you equals anxiety. Too much uncertainty equals anxiety. And that makes sense because when you flounder about, you are crippled by the amount of potential life has to offer, right? There's just too much of what you don't know and too little of what you already know. That makes sense. And so you actually fall back on what's easy for you, what you already know, when there's too much of what you don't know. So, for example, going back to video games or junk food, or it could be alcohol, sleeping in, you fall back on these things because you don't have any other reason to, you don't know what to pursue, actually. There's too many possibilities of, I don't know which career I want to get into. I don't really know what, you know, what therapist to go to or what, like what to learn in school or what, whatever, like this too much. But I want to dive into that unlimited potential because for me, I struggled with this throughout my twenties. I didn't really know where I was going. I didn't have a vision and a goal to pursue that was meaningful. And I'll tell you something about my anxiety disorder is that That actually gave me meaning in so many ways. The the big meaning for me was, hey, I actually have something to solve here that is worthwhile because if I solve this anxiety, man, my life could be so much better. And so that was this North Star to strive towards. And my health anxiety, that stress, was on 24-7, okay? And it's overwhelming, it's draining, and that makes you cling to the comfort around you, makes you cling to what you already know, the comforting things, sitting on the couch, watching TV, maybe smoking pot in your car before going into work, going on your phone, social media, Shopping eating at your favorite restaurant which is actually not re- realistically not that good for you. So there's so many things that are unconscious because the more we the more we the more we repeat something the more automatic it becomes it becomes a part of us. In a world full of possibility, a routine shrinks down that potential of what is possible, where to go. It shrinks down that potential into actionable day-to-day steps, right? And you have to make these steps small enough so that you can achieve those daily wins. So for me, I have a morning routine. I know when I get up what I'm doing. Okay, make the bed. Okay, go meditate. Go stretch. Go take that cold shower. I know what I'm doing. So that eases the anxiety because sometimes people wake up and they don't know what to do. They, f- they flop out of bed. Oh, yeah. Also, b- a big thing, keep your sleep and wake times consistent. So you wake up the- at the same time and you do the same thing. Maybe you go to the gym. Keep that routine in place. Because throughout the day, so many unknowns pop up. But if you can shrink down all these unknowns into a day where you have a structure, but you invite the unknowns to manifest themselves outside of that structure, hey, that's going to serve you in great ways. That's going to serve your mental health in a massive way the second worst health anxiety habit is clinging to family for support that's right it's analgesic to get that attention consistently it becomes an unconscious habit routine and this can harden the cement of your health anxiety identity. Because, well, if I change, then I'm going to lose this attention that I'm get, receiving from all of these people around me. That's a big thing to know. Another problem with this habit is that they may not understand your condition and what you're going through anymore. Then you understand that's massive because they're not really serving you in the right manner, but you don't know that you're, you're, you're attracted to the comfort, but what they're providing you with is dependency. Now you're dependent on your family for that comfort. And then when, once you don't get it, that's going to be anxiety. But also, they're not doing you any favors because are they really assisting you in the right way? Are they providing you with the right information to get yourself in formation towards your potential of who you could be? And also over time, you wear down their emotional bank account and become a burden to them, right? You become that person that in their eyes is the dependent, weak person over time, right? But they try, they might even avoid your company because you're like this emotional vampire draining them of, their emotional energy, right? Because they have to do the work to take care of you. Now, if they're doing that work over time, then you become that burden. Then you're draining their emotional bank account. Now the relationship is predicated upon a need. Your need of them rather than love, support, rather than you even giving back to them. Now the relationships are one-sided, Health anxiety sufferers tend to hide behind loved ones at get-togethers, social gatherings. Because like me, when I used to suffer from health anxiety, I'd go up to Maggie and I'd just tap her on the shoulder and be like, I'm not feeling well. When are we going home? When are we leaving? And then I would walk to the bathroom and spend like a good five, 10 minutes in the bathroom, not even going to the bathroom, just like looking in the mirror or just spending time with myself away from people because I was so overwhelmed, but I would hide behind her so that she can be the one to step in and say, we have to go for such and such reasons. But, um, You rely on other people, that's my point. You rely on other people to do the work for you. And then the third big health anxiety habit is avoiding people and places. You probably relate to this, or you know somebody who's dealing with health anxiety and does this. Very common, all too common, by the way, with health anxiety, I was so hyper vigilant over my state of being all the time, and I was feeling emotionally drained that talking to coworkers would be too much to handle for me and then, in part, I didn't want them to notice my awkwardness because i was I was dealing with this internal struggle of the unknown, this potential illness, because I certainly felt ill. I certainly felt overwhelmed. My heart was beating out of my chest all the time. I was sweating all the time. I was feeling dizzy all the time. I mean, depersonalization, which is associated with anxiety, was on for me all the time. I wasn't feeling like myself, I was feeling robotic outside of my skin and no wonder I thought I had something seriously wrong with me. It's because all of this was happening at once. It's like everything in my life that was relevant before is now irrelevant. Like I'm talking about like my relationship and my job because those things were now put on the back burner and now what's relevant is this potential illness. I mean, like, what's more relevant than that? Because who cares about your job when this thing is here, this illness, whatever it could be. And so that was at the center of my attention. And so I didn't want anybody to notice me battling this crazy internal struggle dealing with this potential illness. And if I were to have a panic attack in front of these people, I didn't want them to witness that. I didn't want them to witness my weakness and vulnerabilities right then and there. That's it's, it's embarrassing. Then I would mind read and I would fortune tell. What that means is I would mind read the other people. Oh, they think this of me. They think I'm weak. They think I'm awkward. They think I'm, you know, strange. I'm going crazy. But then I would also fortune tell. I would imagine the worst case scenario in my mind's eye. So the combination of what these people are thinking of me and the potential of having this panic attack and losing myself to this unknown illness, oh my God, that's horrible. So I'm going to go back to my safe place because there, at least I don't have to be in these situations. At least I'll be alone. I'll be in my comfort zone. And then you stay at home because until you solve the unknown, the mystery of your health, there is no way you can operate out there in the world. So you stay there. And then once you start to practice this habit of calling in sick to work, not venturing out to the supermarket, then the dragon of that fear grows twofold. It grows so damn quick. So you avoid it once at your own peril. And then once you do that, this circuit is like, okay, well, now that situation must be avoided. And then once you return to that situation again, the anxiety response is going, Hey, isn't this, this is the place that you avoided before? Now you're back here. We gotta pay attention, man. We gotta, we gotta get out of here. What are you doing back here? And That's not a good place to be. Now, before I get into the last big health anxiety habit, I do want to go over these quick mentions of these other habits that health anxiety sufferers do. First is to talk about how bad you have it consistently. I see it all the time with people. They even hang around people that talk about how things are bad in their lives all the time. And you, you're you attracted to like-minded people. Definitely. Even your family can be like that too. That's another thing. Being around your family and they're supporting you in your decision to stay home. They're supporting you in your your decision to be around them. And and that, that comfort is not going to do them any good. It's only going to make them weaker. Do you really want your son or daughter or your relative, your friend, your neighbor to be weak and vulnerable, susceptible. Because certainly culture today, this central narrative of culture is to keep us vulnerable, weak, sick, and unhealthy. Why? It's because to keep us dependent on these substances, the pharmaceuticals especially, or to keep us going back to the McDonald's, to keep us going back to the shopping mall. Because we're never good enough. We're never satisfied. We have to always maintain a certain illness. Like I see it all the time, people maintaining an illness through medication where all they need to do is stop eating sugar and processed food and then you would not even need to take the medications. And then that illness would actually go away and you'd feel better overall and wouldn't you want that? But people get into this unconscious state this conveyor belt-like mentality running through society, and they don't realize that outside of what they know and outside of what society is telling them, there is a way, there's potential of who you could be, and there's a potential to have something better, for you to manifest something better. So it's really important that you separate yourself from these substances, and also coffee, alcohol, marijuana, to manage the pain of your anxiety, to manage the overwhelming state that you're currently dealing with. Maybe even dealing with the loss of a loved one or dealing with someone getting an illness or job change or life changes, moving, many things, getting an injury. Things happen. How are you going to manage that? I'll tell you something, the way I manage it now is eye-opening compared to how I managed it before. Right now, I have to spend a lot of time with myself and to really sit with my feelings and really write down how I'm feeling, all the thoughts associated with the change and the novelty, and then talk to somebody about it. I like to talk to Maggie about this or even my family about what I'm currently dealing with having a coach a mentor having some sort of having more than one brain let's just keep it at that because it's a massive complicated world and to think that you're going to solve it just by your brain is foolish or even the brain of your family because it's you can look at your family as being a collective as well collective culture. maybe you have to look beyond that collective culture into what you don't know. to look beyond that into a coach or a mentor who has the same problem you're contending with and overcame that problem. That's another reason why I created this podcast and this channel because so that you guys who are confused and bewildered and not getting the information that you really need can actually understand your anxiety the root causes of your anxiety and how you're feeling and what you're contending with and what you can do about it. That's why I want you guys to keep this podcast in your back pocket as a tool, really important. And then after that, another habit that you need to recognize is calling up your doctor constantly and questioning them all all too often. I mean, it's always important to question your doctor. I certainly do. I definitely question the medical industry. But at the same time, if they're doing tests on specific parts of you, like a heart or lungs or a certain kidney or UTI, whatever it is, if they're running these tests on that because you say to them, I think I have this illness, and they say, no, you don't, because I ran that test, then it's a safe bet to say, well, maybe I I don't have that and maybe it's something else, which health anxiety sufferers do. They bounce from symptom to symptom because the symptoms of anxiety, they bounce around in the body. Sometimes the ache winds up in your lower stomach and then sometimes it's the back of your neck and then sometimes it's in your thigh or your privates. It bounces around. Because that's the mind of the health anxiety sufferer. If it's not this, then it's this because I'm still feeling, I'm still feeling overwhelmed. I'm still feeling disassociated from myself and you know, all of these things. My heart is still beating fast. What gives? But it's really important to know that if you get something checked, just understand that you got it checked. for that specific reason, you don't have to keep t- talking to your doctor. Over and over and over again, annoying them because you don't trust in the results. That's a sign that you that you know you're suffering from health anxiety, especially. And that the anxiety is the root rather than the potential illness you're ruminating about. But then, then we get into the big mother of health anxiety habits. You, you guys probably know what I'm gonna say. This is a big one one that i did for a long time googling your symptoms going on doctor youtube channels and bouncing around those i'm going to say a doctor's name because you know he, i find him useful but he at one point he made my health anxiety worse this is years ago Dr. Berg, he has so many videos pertaining to all sorts of symptoms, sensations, and parts of the body. And oh my God, like th- I think he has like a thousand plus videos. It's it's unbelievable. But then once you go down one of those videos, what happens is you bounce around to other videos because you're because he's linking one symptom to another symptom so you got to watch that video of that symptom and then he links something else pertaining to that symptom with another one so you got to go and watch that one and they all interconnect like a spider's web and so you're bouncing around continuously trying to figure out which supplement should you take which treatment should you take which medication should you take which foods should you ingest to solve the problem and it becomes a nasty nasty thing so First of all, let's bring it back to why you Google symptoms. It's because you're seeking answers, right? You're in this unknown space and you're looking for an answer. But since Googling is vague, and your your ex yeah, since Google is vague and your explanation is vague, like I'm having a pain in my lower intestine, I'm gonna Google that. It's It's vague. You're going to get a wide range of possibilities because of how vague it is. But it's also like that spiderweb effect of those uh, YouTube doctor videos. They spread like wildfire and you wind up watching hours and hours of those videos trying to solve the problem, and then you're over-consuming lemon because they, they're saying it's going to help, or you're over-consuming this product that they're offering you so because you think it's going to help, but it doesn't help, and then that leads you down another pipe, and then you continue down that road. It's a really nasty place. And so what happens when you're on Google and you type in a vague Illness. You're gonna get many possibilities. What happens when you're presented with all that wide range of possibility? Well, the mind gets overwhelmed. There's too many snakes all at one time. Where do you begin? It's like the floundering. um, It's like the floundering I talked about at the beginning. Where do you begin? You don't have an aim. And there's too much to pay attention to. And the mind is expecting the worst case scenario at the same time. Because you already feel like it is the worst case scenario. Like if you have the heart palpitation, you feel like it is a heart attack. So when you Google it, your mind is going to already connect and stick to the heart attack Google is going to offer you. That is if that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will, because that that's a relief to so many health anxiety sufferers. And when you Google and cling to the possibility of cancer or heart disease, your mind jumps to this overwhelming state of anxiety because... To live in a world where that possibility of getting heart disease or having cancer is possible, that traumatizes people. It snowballs their anxiety. To overcome anxiety means to take control of your mental and physical health. And that's what I talk about all the time on the show. How can you take control of your mental and physical health? How can you build a foundation other than health anxiety to overcome this overwhelming state that you're currently contending with? You have to build on this new identity because currently it might be health anxiety. That's cemented. And all of these habits keep you cemented in this dependent-like state. But you can be independent. But it takes one step at a time. And I recommend that you continuously listen to the podcast because I go over those steps. How What can you do daily to cement in this healthy identity? You have to change your lifestyle choices around. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode Thank you, everyone, for being here, for being a part of this fantastic, beautiful community. People who don't want to settle for mediocrity, people who don't want to settle for suffering and coping and managing, who actually want real change. Rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is now available. UnplugAnxiety.com The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.